that quarterback, number 19. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of 6Bs in a P here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your host, still proving we could do this if we didn't have a piece of paper reminding us what to talk about. Brian Costco, joined by a very muscular and handsome Ian Wolf. Ah, you. Chris Poland. I am wholly unprepared. Yeah, we all are. And also possibly wholly unprepared is Brian Weedy, who might be wholly unprepared for a baby that could arrive at any moment. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was happening. Jerry just brought up that he is prepared. He probably, I mean, they are. I think he has a bug out bag. <laughs> as soon as the fucking water breaks, he's just out of there. He's got, like, it's like the, he's got the clamshell on top of the car full of yeah. all of his stuff. And he just keeps telling Michelle it's like books he's taken to the flea market. <laughs> That's not who Brian Weeby is. I know, but it makes for better radio if he's a scumbag, right? <laughs> Especially without an outline. Lord knows we can't talk about the Browns. Nope. Actually, we can, because even without an outline, they lost. Mm-hmm. And again, Sunday was my birthday, and I made the decision, which I think was a good one in retrospect, to not really watch any of the game. We went and did something else that was going on. Uh, went to a museum in your hometown of Lancaster. Which museum? The Decorative Arts Center. Oh, I've not been there. How is it? Well, I imagine it seems probably like maybe a little bit... What's the word, Sherry, I'm looking for? The exhibit was awesome that we went and saw. The exhibit was awesome. The the building is really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's right downtown, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a big old house. And it's like, it's super rad inside. It seems like it's probably like pretty stuffy. That's the word, stuffy. But, but, like, it's a cool exhibit that's yeah. there right now. Yes. The exhibit there right now is by this guy who does this really cool Cleveland history blog. And it's um, it's all images of early Ohio from 1760 to 1860. Well, let's just talk about that for the next time. <laughs> let's talk about it for a minute at least because I think people should go. It's There's photographs and prints and wood carvings and maps. It's just really fucking cool. It's, like, all these images. Maps. Maps, yes. Oh, boy. Early apps. Apps, yeah. There's ancient apps. (laughs) There's some Facebook blog posts from Tecumseh and Sherman and stuff. No, but there's the maps are pretty sweet. You would really dig that. There's a map from, like, 1840 that's actually, like, up on the wall. That's pretty wild. Hey, I'll check it out on your recommendation if I ever return to Lancaster, where I am not welcome. You just gave Ian a cartography boner. Mmm, Must always got one of those. <laughs> Gave you two. So I, me and Sherry just listened to the Browns on the way up, and then on the way back, which was kind of interesting too, because when we went in, they were it was seven to seven, and I was like, that's kind of amazing, right? And then when we came out, the Browns were winning either twenty to seventeen or twenty to ten. I can't remember. And I was like, oh my god. And then the drive back to Athens was just like an hour of the Browns just like 
the Browns sort of being like, we don't know how we happen to be winning either because we're trying hard not to, but here's an hour of the most losing one can do. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, did you guys watch it? Was that about I watched it? it. Yeah. It was like the first half was like, you know, they do that thing the Browns do after they're out of it where they maybe put together some decent football. Uh huh. But then the second half came and apparently Mike Pettin wants Josh McCown dead. Yeah, that's what, from your texts even, I got all of those texts, the flood of texts when we came out of the Decorative Arts Center. And. We hadn't even gotten to the car yet, and I was like, "Oh no, Josh McCown! Like, you know, I don't even like him, but something terrible has happened to him." According to these texts, <laughs> it was just like, "Oh, tough hit for McCown! Oh, dear God, McCown!" I was just like, "What's happening?" Yeah, it was clear that he was not right. Like, uh, he just kept getting drilled by Frosty Rucker, who is probably in mourning tonight. Um, yeah, Frosty is not going to get that weed money. Not gonna get that weed money. Can't, can't, you can't gamble feeding the baby on that dope money. Might not always be efficient. <laughs> but the United United Parcel Service didn't want to hire you because you had cloudy piss. Anyway, um, yeah, he just uh, he blew up Frosty Record, blew up McCown a couple times. That mentor guy hit him a good a couple times, and like McCown, you could tell like just watching him, he was in a lot of pain. And not starting on Thursday night, not a surprise, just announced earlier this afternoon that Manziel will be starting. Yeah, and, which is good. Finally, Jesus Christ, what took so fucking long. Yeah, might as well start the rest of the year, you guys, if you've got a quarterback, right? But just that game is, it was, it was honestly, it seemed like dangerous that he was in the game still because he was yeah. so fucked up. And Pettin, after the game, apparently said, oh, yeah, I stand by. I leave it up to McCown like, to tell me if he needs to come out. Yeah, but like, what happens with like the part of his brain that works speech no longer works? Well, it stays in the game, apparently. Mm. I don't know. I have no respect at whatsoever for Mike Pettin as a head coach anymore. Not that so, I that's, so that brings me to my next question, like, which I think is a good segue from being done talking about the game already. Is, I mean, one other thing, Dwayne Bow got in the game. So <laughs> Dwayne Bow was in the game. Ray Farmer. Kind of shot. Apparently, according to his press conference, which we'll talk about a little bit later today, kind of shocked Dwayne Bowe's not making an impact. <laughs> so, I mean, is the best case scenario one of the things I want to talk about this week? Is I actually feel like, if anything, we've all been maybe a little too positive just to make it seem more less sad that we do this, but not in a sad way, but to talk about it, at least for me, the first time after thinking about this game, I was just kind of like, all right, so what is really best case scenario here? And like, Honestly, I think best-case scenario is they probably lose the rest of their games, get a better draft pick, and get a new coach. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, it's it's sad that that's the best-case scenario, but you're, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they will fuck some part of that up somehow. The worst-case worst scenario is they, like, they win the last four games of the year to go 7-9 like, and nine and fucking get another shitty mid-first-round pick and Petten keeps his job. <laughs> probably. I mean, you couldn't really fire a Browns coach from going seven and nine in their first two years, right? I mean, when the hell has that ever happened? That's Cleveland Hall of Fame material right there. <laughs> Got to think though that I mean, Pat and I obviously have an issue with too. I agree with you, Ian. But like, Ray Farmer is concerning me as well. I just feel like this team has done a terrible job at evaluating talent. And I, you keep, you've made a couple references out of this press conference of uh, Farmer, and I don't, I didn't catch that. So, well. 
I think you had mentioned something about Patton and talking too. You know, they've been kind of grilling them. They had so they had a press conference today. It's this Tuesday when we're recording this episode, and I did not see the press conference, and I haven't read much about it yet, other than it seems that both Patton and Farmer having some trouble in it, uh, dealing with you know giving sort of any sensible answer to any question being offered. Uh, but Farmer, you know essentially seemed that I saw some sort of reference with he still believed in both Manziel and Gilbert he seemed to think that even though you know he was involved in the football part of things too at the same time he was really surprised that like first round drafts and like free agent you know pickups were losing jobs to like undrafted free agents and minicamp and it's like you know they both just were kind of selling the other one like right down the river Oh man, terrible. one of those. It's, like, well, it's going to be entertaining, I guess, at the very least, the rest of the way. But it's it's a valid. Well, I don't know if it's a valid point. It's a point, certainly, because yeah, <laughs> he brings in guys like he brings brings in Dwayne Bow, Bass Manziel. I mean, Gilbert can't get on the field ahead of fucking. Uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that really sucks. Pierre Desir. No, he's Pierre is actually not bad. Uh, Jordan Badamosi. Oh yeah. Okay, fucking straight up sucks. There's no way Gilbert can be that much worse than him. So you may as well put him on the field and let him see what he can maybe learn a little bit. Right. I mean, I'm kind of actually excited to watch a few more of the games now. Like totally absent of hope. Oh, yeah. Actually, I can totally just watching these guys. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you 100% there. Like, it'd be nice to see fucking, what's his nuts, Cameron Irving. Yeah, yeah. they asked Farmer about that, too. Like, you know, they just, I think now the problem is, you know, as we talk about, like, we talk about a lot on here about how the Browns seem to be, like, the same old thing over and over again. And it sort of seems like a broken record sometimes. But the truth is, is, like, it is, again, this time. You know, you hate to jump to that. But, like, my impression, a little bit of reading about that press conference and also just seeing, like, after last week is, like, you know, it seems somehow that we end up, you know, getting these people who, and it's not necessarily Ray Farmer's fault, you know, like, he's just not good enough of a GM to be the GM of anyone other than the Browns. <laughs> like, no one else would have put him in charge. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, part, how much of that is Jimmy Haslam? Nobody wants to work under his crazy ass. Well, that's the other thing. I think an interesting topic we've covered a lot is like the idea of players going elsewhere and like, are they really that good? You know, like would I sometimes I was thinking about that. Who was I want Carson Palmer in that Cardinals game? I was thinking, I even said to Sherry when we were driving, he's one of those guys that like, if for some reason the Browns would have got him as a veteran pickup, he wouldn't have had a career resurgence. Yeah. He'd be fucking Josh McCown. Yeah. Like, I know it. You almost know. Like, he just didn't work, you know? And last week on the show, Randy asked a valid question, I think, too, about like, what's the difference? Like, how are the Bengals able to be 7-0, and but the Browns are on the opposite? Like, what are the Bengals doing differently than the Browns, you know? Like, I mean, besides having the same coach for... Yeah. Within a year. Better players, better coaching, better scheming. And that's what it is. Like you started to think about it at first. I was like, well, that's a ridiculous answer. I'm telling you everything, but it's sort of a telling answer. It's, it is everything. Ugh. Yeah. So we'll try to figure out 
on this podcast as well, um, how to evaluate some of these people and keep an eye out for some of that kind of stuff. I mean, I think we all lost hope a couple weeks ago, but I just feel better admitting it now. Yeah. Uh, you know, fuck it. It is what it is. It's the Browns. So along those lines, I want to ask, is there anybody, and either of you guys you can just jump in, is there anybody like that on this entire roster that jumps to your mind right away as someone that's even worth keeping? Um, I mean, Joe Thomas. Who they almost traded. <laughs> Travis Coons. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Andy. I like Coons. Andy Lee. Although I think he did miss an extra point. He did. But, I know, mean, yeah, that's still pretty good overall. I mean, he shipped the bad way less than everybody else. True. Yeah, I like Coons, Joe Thomas, Andy Lee. Those are the three I have. I like Travis Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, but he just seems like every time somebody touches him or breathes on him, he's going to fumble. Right, he does fumble a lot, which is not a wild card scenario that a team like this needs. Yeah. Uh, what about... Carlos Dansby's been all right, but he is, like, 37. Yeah, I mean, Danny Shelton's kind of sucked. But maybe... One tackle I heard he had. Yeah. What about Hittner? Yeah, he can go. I can't believe they signed him and let Ward go. Well, and to be fair, I mean, did they let Ward go, or was he just like, fuck this shit? And he said, like, before that Denver game, that he never wanted to leave Cleveland. They just oh, did he really? Yeah. Wow. Why'd we let him leave? I know, man. Very so, our whole secondary is out too, pretty much on Thursday. Yeah, but I mean, even when he's played, Hayden's been awful this year. Yeah. Tremont Williams sucks. Exactly. The secondary is pretty terrible. I, I'm trying to go through everybody else. I feel like there's probably a D lineman that I'd also keep. I think Armani Bryant has yeah, done like, it. Right. Um, I mean, Gary Barnage, maybe? No, probably not. That's dumb. <laughs> Come on, man. His movie reviews are great, and he catches touchdowns with his wrecking. I'd probably keep Duke Johnson. He seems like he's got a little bit of potential. Robin Turbin's arms I'd like to keep. Robert Turbin's arms, not his... Uh, well, <laughs> when they're not trying to wrap around the football. Just to look at. Not the use. Yeah, like, I think we'd put him as like extra arms on Johnny Manziel. So, like, so you'd be like fucking Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, totally. Goro. Awesome. What was that guy's name? Goro. Yeah. G-O-R-O. Yeah. Yeah. Arms. Goro, we'd love to have you on the show. His one weakness was a punch to the dick. Was it really? Well, at least in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that movie. It was so bad. I saw that shit in the theater. So I did I. I. Yeah. God, we're terrible people. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! I like that you guys did that. Just to clap that off. That was arguably the most exciting thing we've discussed <laughs> in the Mortal Kombat movie. Do you remember, though, when Mortal Kombat came? Like, I remember one of my friends got it, you know, for Sega Genesis. Oh, Genesis had that blood, right? Yeah, well, we called, you literally called the blood hotline. <laughs> I'm not even fucking around. We paid like 99 cents and we called the phone number and got the code to turn the blood on. 
This is, I was talking about Mortal Kombat with somebody last night. It's very strange. It's, Did you enter into a bout of Mortal Kombat yourself? No, no. We started talking about just video games in general, and uh, one of Haley's coworkers was mentioning how she likes to play like MMORPGs, and I started talking about how you know, yeah, I used to play like. I got real excited about Ultima Online when that was first announced, and then I realized that she had no idea what the fuck I was talking about because I'm in my mid thirties. Yeah. How old is she? Not twenty or something. She has no, no idea. You could, you could be her father, like teen dad. Yeah. He's twelve. <laughs> it's weird that. Anyway, so a couple guys worth keeping, which goes, I think, to say something about the state of this team right now. Well, yeah, I made the. The point in the text thread during the game, like, hey, I really do think they could cut pretty much or trade, get some draft picks at least, everybody on the team, and probably be just as successful, quote unquote, next year. Right. That's what's weird. You know, some of these games, even that Broncos game, you know, which was kind of close, like, you know, it almost seems stranger to me thinking about it in, in retrospect that they even hung around in these games. Like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, there's always that thing like the NFL is, you know, no matter who you are as an NFL player, like obviously there's some, you know, that are insanely better than others. You know, there's Tom Brady and then there's Austin Davis, who's better than Tom Brady, I assume. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody, they say, you know, at a certain level, like no matter how good a college team is, which we should have asked Randy last week, no matter how good a college team is, you know, it could never beat the shittiest NFL team. You know, just basically saying these guys are like all like, you know, physical, sort of trained, very good athletes, very smart, you know, like. And... I think the Browns should put that to the test and start playing some college teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would totally lose, I think. Don't exactly. you think? Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, you know, to like, that sort of humiliation, you can only go up from there. I don't know. It's the Browns. I think that's another good thing to add to our list of possible techniques we've come up with this year to fixing the Browns. Have them play a college team and lose. <laughs> yeah, and I think we should put in parentheses complete humiliation or something. I think Chris hinted at that. It might be good for him. It builds character. So we have that. We also have uh, becoming a sort of like major leagues for all Ohio State Buckeyes players. Right. We also had picking up the juniors of good athletes of any sport. I thought that was two different plans. I thought one oh, wait, plan wait. was to just get famous ass athletes' uh, children, uh -huh. adult children, to play. And then the other plan was to just get exceptional athletes from all of the world of sports. Right, so like Serena Williams would throw touchdowns to Jerry Rice Jr. <laughs> right. Lionel Messi would be like returning punts. Yes. The ultimate warrior would be... He's dead. Isn't there like a fake one though? No. Nope. Dead. Okay, bad example. The Rock. There you go. Would be our coach. I could get down to... Uh... Dwayne Johnson being the Browns' head coach. So you're basically suggesting that the Browns adopt a necessary roughness of mentality. And that is officially the fourth time this season that movie's come up. 
and even more amazing than that, shit came up last week. Ian, you probably have not listened to the episode. It's only been up for a couple hours, right? That's pretty crazy that Necessary Roughness comes up so much on this show. Is it, though? It's really not. I feel like we're the Necessary Roughness of football podcasts. <laughs> and what would, our, what would our football movie comparison be if the Browns were worth a damn? Like, what would we be saying? Right, this bit's going nowhere. Yeah, draft day. <laughs> <laughs> totally draft day. Rudy. <laughs> Uh, the program with Gene Hackman. The the blind side. <laughs> it would be blind side. Rudy. Rudy. Rudy showed up in last week's podcast. Little Giants. Little Giants. Bad News Bears. Air Bud too. Golden Receiver. Yeah, Golden Receiver is a pretty good one. Now we're just naming movies. Let's just name movies, guys. Do you think Gary Barnage has seen any of these? Yeah, I think he loves any given Sunday, is my guess. Who are you excited on a someone note, not necessarily to keep around if you were the GM, but is there anybody that you're excited that you would like to see more of now at this point? I mean, Manziel is the obvious one, I guess, just because. There's almost no way he can be any good, though, huh? I don't think so. But if you let him run around like a maniac out there, maybe he could do something. Yeah. I think I mean, it'll be entertaining to watch him fail spectacularly, and if he doesn't succeed, then good day, I guess. Yeah. Mm. 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 Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I got um, just a couple more things we'll talk about. We got a short week this week. We're going to briefly talk about got a few news and notes things. I want to <laughs> – that spot on the Rams field had another bit of a problem besides Josh McCown that we'll get to uh, this week. And I wanted to talk about the Bengals game a little bit before we hit the road. And we do have a couple tweets, but we're going to send it to break. We'll be right back. Six B's and a P. Browns. guess it's time for me to conversate about the Cleveland Browns. It is what it is. So until the movie's over with, we'll just continue to evaluate and see where they go. I don't know if there's anything fair in this world. <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. I mean, fairness is not really what I got into this for. Um, I, again, I'm... I'm a nerd by trait to some degree, so I'm also a reader, and so I've read some books that really talk to the fact of, like, you don't want groupthink, you just want a bunch of people in the room that think the exact same thing, and so from that perspective, I'm a big fan of involving people that come from different angles, that ask different questions. Um, those different questions could lead you to a better result and a better answer. The guy that actually wins the job should get it. Okay, wow, that did happen. Okay, whoa, that happened too. So, I mean... So the question becomes, is the movie over after a single season, or do we have to continue to work with guys and give them an opportunity to grow? The same way I've written the script already is that you got to try to do things a little bit differently than people historically have done them. You know, you can't follow the same roadmap and get to a different destination. Inevitably, we got to find a way to, um, again, write the right end to the movie. Hut, hut. This year... The Texas State Armadillos are a little short on talent. Uh, show me the arms, huh? Throw the ball, genius. How about that? He stinks at two sports. But Coach Riggs thinks he knows where to find it. I never saw anybody fire that football the way you did. Maybe you should stay here with all your high school trophies. I wonder just how great you might have been. Now Paul Blake is back. 
to finish the season he started 16 years ago. I hope he gets younger as he gets closer. Whoa, a 30-year-old freshman? Yeah, maybe he knew Elvis. We're taught to respect our elders. Well, I'm not that old. Trying to win with raw talent won't be easy. Again. Because this is as raw as it gets. Once more. Come on now. That's better. We'll be the laughing stock of college football. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. What do you think we are now? It has to be your team. Hey, come on. You don't want to mess with us. We're nobodies. I want someone to be their leader, not to leave them behind. This Armadillo team is on a roll after last week's non-loss. Nobody thinks a team of wannabes, led by a has-been, can make it through the season. Fumble, fumble. You guys got a hell of a lot of energy left considering we lost by 40 points. Fumble Ruski. But the Armadillos are taking it one game at a time. <laughs> That's what happened to wrestling, man. Women take over the sport, man. What we need to do is get crazy. <laughs> we need to get wild. We need to okay. Hey, little doggy, you about to get fixed. Necessary roughness. I've been waiting for you. You should be waiting for the guy to cut your hair. All right. We're back. Daddy got to go to bed. Using a pee. Daddy going to bed. got to go to bed. So do I. Wait, what got to go to bed. Yeah, eventually. It's a, it's the Sleepy Time Babies edition of Six Peas and a Pee. It's like Muppet Babies, but we're all asleep, and you can only hear us and not see us. I think it. I think it's the democracy doesn't work edition of Six Feet Snippy. Yeah, that's what we were talking about over break. Ohio, you know, everyone in Ohio got really ramped up. No matter how you feel about any of these issues, Ohio. I immediately got worried once I realized Ohio was ramped up all of the sudden. Like the electorate was like, I know everything. I've never voted. And you're like, oh no. It's an off, like, like not, odd, odd, odd election year. This is not going to be good. Democracy did work, and they, uh, to the extent that it's the will of the people that's being carried out, it's just the people aren't so bright. Yeah. Stupid people. Yeah. So, I live in a town where everyone just runs unapproved as well. <laughs> Interesting. I realized, I told Sherry that I realized that a lot of times on my ballot, I don't even vote for most of most people, because they're not running against anybody, and I'm just like, why? So, whatever. We don't like to talk about politics here. We like to talk about bad football. We'll do that a bit more. Browns Bengals this week, who are one of the better teams in football. I think they were third in ESPN's power rankings. 7-0. and Where are we? And I gotta think. I We on the power rankings? Yeah. Unranked. Oh. So, we're probably so we're probably somewhere. I bet you, what do you think? I mean, we were going to talk about this. Let's do this segment really quick. Who is worse than the Browns? Um, QMFP music. Worse than the Browns. <laughs> I don't know, the Ravens? The Niners, the 49ers are worse than the Browns. Call, call Ravens are worse than the Browns. Nine, right? The Titans? Who? 
Titans are worse than the Browns. They are worse than the Browns. They just fired three their teams so far. What about the Bears? They were supposed to be three. The Bears uh, did? No, the Titans did. Oh, wow, the Lions are one in seven. So that's three teams. Yeah, they're worse than the Browns. But even that, I feel like, man, if we had Calvin Johnson, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. Or even if we were the Titans, we'd have Marcus Mariota. That would seem kind of cool. Yeah. But we don't. We have, we have Terrence, Terrence West, West again. <laughs> I just uh, saw a stat. Uh, Ken Wisenhunt, who got fired uh, by the Titans, uh, <laughs> he said he when he was fired, he's, his record as head coach was 3-20, and 20, which is not great. And he was one in twenty in games in which he had eight months or less than eight months to prepare, <laughs> meaning he was two and zero on uh, opening games of the seasons and one in twenty every other game. All right, so those teams are worse than the Browns. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> yeah, the second we did we did have a strong first half and we are falling apart in the second half. So, needless to say, there appears to be several teams worse than the Browns. Somehow. Yeah, but they all have, like, more... Somehow, there's... Like, in terms of actual football ability, yeah, they're going Ian's to be... Kind of sound... Ian, you kind of sound like those internet videos where those nerdy white kids used to do the auto-tune of, like, news stories that went viral. That uh, sounds like... I wish I could hear it like that. Dead giveaway! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Hodge kids, Hodge wife. Who's the raping everybody up here? Strut oh, that ass, strut that ass. Reason. Oh boy. <laughs> strut that ass, ass. strut that ass. Are we still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, I think this is still pretty good. <laughs> at this juncture. So before we head out, so Browns Bengals next week, actually in several days on Thursday night. I mean, I think. We joke around about this. I don't see how the Browns can win this game. They're not going to have their secondary. That's fine. We'll see what Johnny Football can do, I guess. Yep, he'll probably die on the field. It'll be a bloodbath. So then what happens, Austin Davis? Did did anybody have Austin Davis in week nine? Oh, God, I think maybe somebody did. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't write that down, but hopefully... Someone is the winner where we all lose. Ian, cue up that theme music for the Tweet of the Week. It's the Tweet of the Week. Our Tweet of the Week this week, non-Bernie Tweet of the Week, cue this up, is coming from Ben Axelrod, at Ben Axelrod. He says, Ray Farmer asked how he plans on fixing the Browns, quote, by continuing to do what we've done. Dear God, make it stop, is the comment at the end of that. That's pretty good. Bernie Kosar has several tweets this week. He has some great stuff. Apparently, Cleveland Clothing Company, at Clee Clothing Co., uh, put out some sort of Bernie-related shirt this week, which has set Bernie's Twitter on fire. At Clee Clothing Co., at E4THST, so East 4th Street, I am not very fashionable, but I love LUV. This T-shirt of my last play on right is the square in takeoff for the score. What? Yeah. So, um, 
Exactly. I just read that again for the third time, still not totally sure what Bernie is talking about. He does mention in regards to the shirt, too, in another tweet. Thanks. Love you, our Twitter picture. Wear the shirt while you do your homework. Do well in school. Space, three exclamation points. <laughs> in response to a young boy who was excited about his T-shirt. And then finally, Bernie, in a somewhat sobering real tweet with still many misspellings and strange you know, acronyms and stuff, Josh McCown beating, and that's all caps. So Josh McCown beating reads like a proper noun. J M B all capitalized. Brings back painful memories. Also capital letters. Another great band name there. Painful <laughs> memories. Whether you like him or not? Question mark. God all caps bless him and his toughness. And that's T U F F N E S S. Plus, wow. amazingly, he has Browns ahead. Not for long, I fear. So, Bernie, it's just, it's unbelievable. That might actually be one of my favorite ones, the Josh McCown, just because of the painful memories as, like, the name of a movie or, like, a band is pretty funny. Painful memories, the Bernie Kosar story. <laughs> Good job. All right, so, Bengals, and then the best news is maybe 10 days off. Yeah, except what will happen is Josh McCann will get healthy and uh, fucking Baldy make huge nostrils will put him back in. Burn. Should have traded McCown for a seventh rounder at the deadline. Just cut him. Like, actually cut him open. All right, well, <laughs> sleep inside of him. <laughs> when that? What if we cut Johnny – or no, forget it. I was going to say, what if we cut Josh McCown open and put Johnny Manziel inside of him? Tauntaun style? And had him play football. Yeah, but like kind of also as in like a, someone else's body being your suit. Like, like Krang? Johnny Manziel would be a couple inches taller. Yes. A lot like Krang. <laughs> I will say that if nothing else, guys, on short week without much of an outline, we put together an episode that has managed to not only mention necessary roughness for the fourth time this season – Krang and Goro. So we're all doing a good job here. Yeah, I think we're doing the Lord's work. Our work is done. We'll never be better than this. Yeah. This is the best we'll be, even though, just like the Browns, this is all you're getting. Well, you can find us on Twitter at 6B1P, number six, letter B, number one, letter P, or as Ian calls it, number P. Number P. We hope Brian Weeby and Michelle have a, a baby on the way. Congrats to them. That should be happening soon. Um, a full-grown Brian Weedy shall emerge from her. And we're ex- I'm excited to watch the Browns on Thursday night, even though they're going to lose, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We could see some fun stuff happen, maybe. Maybe we'll see the money signs on it, too. We're talking about butt stuff. Right. A little... The money size would be good. Gary Barnage butthole catch. Alright, we'll be back next week better than ever. That's a lie, but we'll be back. Thanks for joining us. Chris, Ian, fun to have you guys as always. Yeah. Yeah, I said go Browns. We gotta go. 
Super Bowl. We gotta go now. Super Bowl. Go Browns! <laughs> oh, I think I know what's happening. This is the worst episode ever. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Boy, we are the Cleveland Browns of podcasts. <laughs> Falling apart in the second half. I can't even understand the first half of what you said.